Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome in to the most interactive show in Minnesota sports. This is Vikings Ventline on Purple Daily. I'm Phil Mackey. Judd Zolgad. Declan Goff is producing and pushing all the buttons behind the scenes. Judd is at the stadium right now. And uh, just a few things to get started with. And then, wow, we have a million things to talk about. Even just in the last three minutes of that loss by the Vikings at home to the Chicago Bears. Basically, not mathematically, but effectively ending their season in playoff hopes. If you'd like to join the show, you can send us an email at vikingsventline at gmail.com. And we will bring you into the video with us. We have a pretty long line right now, but you can always send a note to Declan. And uh, we'll see if we have time to get you in. If you enjoy Vikings Ventline, remember, Purple Daily is seven days a week on YouTube and podcast, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. And Vikings Ventline is powered by Corona Hard Seltzer, spiked sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. What flavor are we rocking today here to get the taste of a bad loss out of our mouths? Taste of a bad loss, taste of a rough night. The Blackberry Lime Corona Hard Seltzer is the way to go after what we had transpired over the last 24 hours with the Minnesota Vikings. So powering powering Purple Daily and Ventline. Yeah, I got to say, Joe, there's a million things to talk about in this game. Vikings wind up losing 33 to 27. Final three minutes of that game. I will say when you're down by three and then they were down by six when they got the ball back in, when you're down by three points and you've got 80 yards to go, your season's on the line and you need a big drive to keep it all going forward. You got to establish the run, Judd. You got to establish the run on two of your first three plays from scrimmage. Just got to power through and establish the run. Yeah, it's, the most th- it's the most important thing, right? I mean, Dalvin Cook, you've got to get Dalvin Cook in. I mean, come on. What, what, are you, what are you talking about? You know what? The great coaches, Zim, Chuck Knoll, Lombardi, Hank Stram, you know what they all had in common, Phil Mackey? They established that damn run. So don't, you, so don't you come into my house here at U.S. Bank Stadium and tell me that the ground game is not going to power your offense, okay? And you know what? i gotta, I got to be honest. I had a couple issues with the play calling there at the very end, too, when you got seven seconds to go. And you're lining up for a Hail Mary. When you've got Delvin Cook on your team, I thought a handoff there would have been probably the better strategy. Oh, stop. Um, so, my God. We'll, and we'll get into all that stuff. But just remember, establish the run is the new mission. We're no longer interested in winning a Super Bowl here for the Vikings. Our new mission statement on Purple Daily and Vikings Vent Line is 
at all costs, no matter what, you establish the damn run. They're on board with that too, Phil. They are 100% on board with that. I think the most interesting thing to come out of today's game is that we all might have grossly underestimated how quickly it's going to take for Justin Jefferson to get sick of this. I said, you know, probably two or three years, right? I mean, come on, we're, we're talking the end of his rookie contract. Well, I, I would say as both of you guys and I saw on Twitter pointed out today what the mics picked up when he looked at Kirk and said, throw the effing football. I would, and, and you know what? He's got a very good point, but yes. um, that that's a, but I'm sure he uh, sat down on his couch on Saturday and watched a team called the Buffalo bills and saw a guy named Stefan Diggs, who he basically replaced and said, look at that high flying offense. Look how much 14 gets the ball. Is that normal? And then he said, Oh yeah, it is normal. It's the NFL in 2020. I so. got the same vibe. So the clip that if for, for people, I'm sorry, a lot of people probably saw it, you know, come across because in these empty stadiums, you can hear guys yelling and you can, you can hear certain things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to hear. And, uh, and so a bunch of people were grabbing the, the clip. It was the overthrow in the back of the end zone. And then, of course, on the next play, Kirk does find a way to get the ball to Irv Smith, and he drops a wide-open touchdown. So Kirk made amends for this, but he throws the ball. It sails on Justin Jefferson, and Jefferson comes down. He gets up off the turf, and he yells. I can't say it on here. We'll get in trouble. But he basically says, uh, F-word, Kirk, come on. And then something along the lines of throw the damn ball. And some people deciphered it as throw the damn flag. So there was a little bit of like, was he yelling at an official? And what I what I think it is is because he no. he for sure said the Kirk thing at the beginning. He might have been talking about the flag route. It might have been a flag route at the beginning of that play that he was supposed to catch. You know, that Kirk was supposed to throw the ball earlier, and then he had to adjust his route right. to come back across the back of the right. uh, the sideline. So I think if if he did say flag, I think he was referring to the route that he was supposed to be uh, maybe catching a pass in the back corner of the end zone. I think so. he was talking about all the fact too. That with the pressure that Kirk got today, Kirk needs to be decisive and throw quickly, and he didn't. Uh, but but then I, I did see on the play in the fourth quarter, I believe, Phil, where Kirk um, drilled a pass in, in the end zone for Jefferson that he didn't catch. I saw on the sideline, I think it was Kirk uh, talking to Sean Mannion after he came off the field, and he was trying to do the, the Thielen explanation with, and I think he was saying he was supposed to run this route and supposed to stop here, but he didn't cut there. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot to discuss about this game. There were lots of flaws, including, again, the offensive line, which is just on a weekly basis now, pass defense-wise, yeah. um, or pass protection-wise, is just being torched. But uh, that was an interesting one because Justin Jefferson's not wrong, and his expectations of what his QB should do are only going to grow. <laughs> like, this, like, this is not a, well, I just can't wait till next year. This is a next year it needs to work. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't blame him. I don't blame him. We're going to we're going to start with Chancey here in just a second. Just hold on just a second. But uh, I think I think the biggest discussions are going to be about because now that they're basically eliminated, they're two games under 500 with two games to go. They they basically like they can still make the playoffs mathematically. But uh, so many things would have to happen now. I think the discussions really center around if you if you get the pieces back defensively. And the reason why I'm not super hard on the defense is because you're like you're literally missing like two of your three best players, you're missing a couple of future ring of honor guys. You're missing Michael Pierce and you're missing Anthony Barr. And so in theory, you get some of these guys back. Dantzler can play. Gladney can play. These guys are getting better. The defense should be better going into 2021. And so I'm not, I'm not sweating the defensive stuff quite as much because I think it just fixes itself in a lot of ways. 
But I think the questions are, if those guys come back, are they still on a Super Bowl contention track with all the stuff we're seeing? I mean, I look at this offense, and it's so conservative in the first quarter and first half of games. And I've got some numbers to back that up throughout the show. But it's like, you know, they, they're one of the lowest scoring first half offenses because they're just so obsessed with not making mistakes instead of taking the training wheels off this thing. You know, you get a highly paid quarterback. You got Justin Jefferson. You've got a couple, you got a second and third string tight end that can do some damage for God's sakes when Rudolph is out. And it's, and you're, and it's like you've got this thoroughbred horse and you're just like, whoa, let's not go too fast. It doesn't make sense. To but me. the problem is, is that the protection right now in the past three games has been so bad that I don't know that you can use, I don't think that you can successfully utilize the parts that you're talking about because the breakdowns are so quick and you would need a quarterback who is willing to pull the trigger immediately, which Kirk does not do. So like there's, there's again, lots of parts that don't fit here. And, and the O line, which I think after the terrible start before the bye week fill showed improvement, the O line now, as far as pass protection goes, has regressed big time again. And so unless you, you can fix that, unless you know, go find a go find a left guard. If you could do that, I could see this potentially working with the high octane pieces at the skill positions that you have. If you don't, though, I don't know how you're going to to get around what we've seen the past three weeks. And it is very clear now that opposing teams, rightfully so, have said Dalvin can have his. Like we're going to give Dalvin his, yeah. and he's and he's going to get one ten, one fifteen. That's fine. What we're not going to do at all is allow explosive plays. And the Vikings way too much are like, okay, that works. That shouldn't work. Like you should come back and be like, absolutely not. We've got to find a way to scheme our passing game because our passing game needs to be successful if we are going to be anywhere near a championship yeah. football team. Hey, one more quick thing, and then we'll shut up and we'll throw it to you guys, and we'll and we'll get going. But and this is a little thing; it may not have mattered, but it, it just comes down to again the nuances of late game management and game theory. These are things that Mike Zimmer has been terrible at. Where all right, dude, you got to massage your timeouts, you got to massage the clock, and Kirk Cousins and and Gary Kubiak are culpable here too. But when you have no timeouts and you're at the forty yard line. You, you, you need 40 yards to, well, two things, I guess. You need 40 yards to keep your season alive. Um, and then and then you can do what you want with the 12 seconds on the clock, right? You can, you can, you can like Greg Jennings was saying on the broadcast, well, you don't have to throw a Hail Mary yet. You can throw a short pass, and that's what they did. What is the value of those seven yards? Like, why would you not just take, and, and there's a debate that Adam Thielen might have been interfered with on that Hail Mary, and we had that whole fiasco last week right. after the second quarter in Tampa Bay. But like, but like. Why would you not take two shots at the Hail Mary? What is the value of a seven-yard pass that eats up five seconds in that spot? Throw the throw the ball in the end zone twice. Give yourself two shots to win the game. I have no idea. You know, like that's the type of little thing. Doesn't do they do they get it? Probably not. But why? Like, why aren't you thinking that way as a head coach and a coordinator and a quarterback? Doesn't make sense to me. I so, agree. Judd's at the stadium. Declan is uh, drinking Corona hard seltzers here as the Vikings playoff hopes have. Mostly all but slipped away. Mathematically, it's pretty close. They're on life support. And uh, let's get Chansey here, one of our favorites. Chansey, we are relying on you to establish the run as the first guy out of the gate. Go ahead. Right. You guys know how I love establishing the run. Hey, I stepped outside here from a Christmas party that I'm at. So uh, 
it's always good when the Vikings give us an early gift like this and don't wait until uh, later when it hurts even more. But, you know, I was thinking this was a messy season, and I rode the roller coaster up and down, up and down. And I just – I don't know that, like, drafting a left guard with whatever pick they end up with, even if they nailed it, even if the guy's an all-pro, I don't know if it makes a difference with this team the way it's constructed, which is weird because with the weapons they have, I mean, you'd think with two Pro Bowl wide receivers and a Pro Bowl running back and tight, like, but why doesn't that feel like it would matter if we even hit on one offensive lineman? I, I think that the issue is is Zimmer's game theory of just the conservatism that you were talking about, Phil. And I don't know. I, I, I can't see winning this way anymore in the NFL. I mean, I go on with it every week, every event. And, and here's another thing. Everybody gives Zimmer credit because his he is good at defense, but hasn't he passed anything on to his assistants? Is there somebody that's taken notes under Mike Zimmer for the last six years that could be elevated where we could get rid of Zim, keep his philosophies on defense, and bring up a better offensive mind? Because yeah. I, I don't understand. Like It's like we have to live with the conservative offensive crap and we have to live with the time management, and we have to live with Grumpy Zim and press conferences and everything just for that one little payoff of the defense being good. But is that that irreplaceable? He's just that big a genius that no one else could ever do that? I don't know. Like, who's been learning under him? That was there, though. His his name? Kevin Stefanski. Where yeah, is he? But Cleveland. Th- that was offense, Zod. But that was the guy. But that was the guy who who would have learned and and then well, yeah, eventually morph things. But there's no you you don't if if you're going to make a change, Chancey, you don't want a defensive guy who's learned un, under Mike. You you want to pivot towards an offensive first guy, and then if th- that guy has picked up or has good defensive philosophies or ideas or assistance, that's fine. Um, but I don't think you want any part of pivoting now to. A, a guy who's basically Zim too. I think oh, no. That, yeah. no, what we've seen is you you want a guy who comes in here and establishes an offensive philosophy and a quarterback philosophy and go from there. Well, I wasn't saying that, Judd. I was saying, could we hire Eric Bieniemy to be our head coach, right, and yes. elevate somebody in the assistant ranks to be the D coordinator? That's what I'm saying. If, mm. if Zim has done his job and taught somebody – kind of his philosophies, his corner develop, whatever it is that he does well, the double A blitz, whatever. Can't we, can Zim elevate somebody on the defensive staff and bring in the enemy and maybe take one more shot with this current roster the way it is? Because Cousins is going to be here for a couple of years. A new quarterback in the draft is going to take a couple of years. By then the defense is aged out. I, it's a tough spot they're in, but I just think that the, the one change they could make is maybe in philosophy of coaching that could actually work going into next year. So Yeah, like they're sitting here. Chancey, we'll let you get back to your Christmas party. We appreciate it. Merry and Christmas, guys. You too, you buddy. Too. All right, Chancey, one of Bye, our Santa. one of our loyal guys here on Purple Daily and Ventline. Um, I, I've been very hesitant to get on the fire everyone bandwagon because, as you guys know, my stance has been, if you want to go down the toilet quick as a franchise, get rid of your GM, your coach, and your quarterback all at the same time. Now, if you have, you know, if you have a crappy quarterback, it's not that hard. But if you have a good coach, good quarterback, good general manager, as the Vikings do, I don't think any of the three are great. If you get rid of all three, 
the chances of you hiring or or signing or drafting a dud in one of those spots or two or maybe all three are too high. I think you have to be very selective about the changes you make. And so that's why I've always been, you know, Mike Zimmer, it, he's got flaws and he's stuck in his ways and he's very old school. And you've got all these whiz kid coaches around the NFL. Um, but ultimately, if you were to give him a stud franchise quarterback like some of these other coaches have, Mike Tomlin with Ben Roethlisberger and Pete Carroll with Russell Wilson, he's already well above 500 without that over seven years. So I've always kind of been in the defend Mike Zimmer mode, point out his flaws, but defend him mode. But honest to God, when like just philosophically, when your season is on the line, and I know that he's not calling the offensive plays, but this is all from his conservative offensive approach or his just complete apathy toward offense altogether and just like he has no desire to even like interact with the offensive coaches and players it seems like you're down you have to score a touchdown to keep your season and playoffs alive you have to go 80 yards and there's three minutes to go and you and you call two handoffs in your first three plays and bleed the clock under two minutes what are you doing like what like how does that possibly make any sense you've got these ferrari weapons in justin jefferson and adam thielen and Irv Smith can gain yards after the catch. And supposedly you have a quarterback that's been on fire for two months that, you know, I've been, I've been very wishy-washy on him for three years, even though he is my guy, the fourth quarter Pharaoh, the late game luminary. That's right. Kirk Cousins. Not so much today. You're paying him like top six, top seven money. And like, you still have training wheels on him in the offense with your season on the line. What are you doing? But it he's doesn't never, make sense. No, it, it does not. But he's never going to change. And that's the problem. Now, the bigger – so he's coming back. There's no question. He, he and Rick are not going to be fired after this year. Um, but 2021 now becomes the season of decision because Mike has insisted, and I don't know why, but he has insisted on coaching 2020 as, his, as if his defense is still really good. Like today, like the drive in Tampa, the third quarter drive in Tampa, in his mind, there's no question. They were up 14. They weren't. I think they were down 17. Um, and today, today, late game, again, doing what you're talking about, Phil, reeks of, well, we lead, right? Because my defense is so good, right? Um, so the question becomes, when the parts that you're talking about, Michael Pierce, potentially Hunter, when those parts come back, not is this a better defense in 2021 because it's going to be is it a top three because that's what it's going to need to be and i think if it's not he's probably gone because they he signed a three-year extension which i think takes him through 2022 and so to fire a guy going into his last year is not that big of deal but that is really the question is can the parts that are going to come back defensively in 2021 make this one of, if not the best defense, because they are coached, they act like, and it doesn't matter how good or bad they are on offense, they act like they are playing with a defense that is the Ravens in 2000. Yeah. And Judd, I'll add to your point, like, because you said 2021 is decision time in a lot of ways is what you just said. Yes. And to take your point. Nothing stays the same in the NFL. The NFL, like the NFL is such a roller coaster league, unless unless you've got Belichick and Brady and then things are the same for like 20 years. Things change very quickly in the NFL. And I think you have to make a decision going into 2021. Do you think it's more likely? Let's say the Vikings finish, let's say they split their last two, they finish seven and nine. And in their mind, it's like, well, if we just get the defensive starters back and we get Daniel Hunter back, then it's on next year. And you can make a strong case that you get those guys back. You could talk yourself into thinking it's a Super Bowl contender, right? Mm-hmm. So, so 
if if we believe things aren't going to stay the same, they're either going to take a big step forward or a big step back. What do you think is more likely that they get those guys back and they become Super Bowl contenders overnight and the defense is fixed and, you know, and Kirk Cousins is another comfortable or that the wheels completely fall off. And we're talking about coaching and quarterback and draft and all those things going into 2022. I don't think the wheels completely fall off to the point of like three wins. I just don't. Um, But I also don't think that this is going to be a top defense. I think it might be a top 10. I don't think it's a top five. And I certainly don't think uh, it's going to become a top three that quickly. And so I think what, but I think the problem is it goes back to what we continue to hammer home every week. And it's true. It's the philosophy of how the people that run this team including the coach, see this team. And, and they're, they're not doing anybody any favors by coaching football like this is 1996. They're just not, but that's their insistence. And look, right now, Justin Jefferson is a superstar caliber player. Like he really is. He's that mm-hmm. good. He is incredible. Um, he's going to improve, but it's not like he's go- going to go from year one of, oh, pretty good to, oh my God, he is going to improve, but he's he is already at a really high ceiling. So with that being said, what's your expectation? Like, are they going to fundamentally change the philosophy of how they approach him in the passing game next year? And my response is probably not. My response is that Mike is still going to say, Dalvin Cook is going to run. And they're all going to look at Mike in June and be like, what, what, huh? Come on, Mike. And Mike's going to say, no, my philosophy is, is that I'm going to keep my defense as fresh as possible. And if we're quick strike explosive, that subjects my defense to more time on the field. And that's not how we win football games yeah. here at TCO Performance Center. At one point, the conservative and again, Dalvin Cook is amazing. But the Vikings in the in the first like quarter and a half, Dalvin Cook had 15 touches and the rest of the team had like seven. It's like, OK, we get it. He's good at football. But my God, like and then they got hot, you know, yeah. offensively. So. So Judd's at the stadium. Uh, I, Phil Mackey, am hanging out here at home preaching to establish that run in everything you do in life, even when your season's on the line and only a passing play can bail you out. And Declan is uh, crying out tears of Corona hard seltzer, spiked sparkling water on Vikings vent line. All right, we got a packed waiting room here, Dex. So we'll just just line up some more Vikings fans and bring them on the show. Let's go with uh, Ben in Florida. Ben, what's going on, man? Hey guys, um, hey, uh, I'm with I'm Judd. I'm with you. They really need to change up their philosophy. And at the season's end, somebody needs the analytics department in Minnesota because I know they use it a lot. Needs to sit down with Mike Zimmer and say, "Look, your philosophy is just not working, and we have proof this season that it doesn't work." The Tampa game was a great example. They won the time of possession, lost by two scores. Uh, I think it was some some issues in Seattle, lost by two scores, lost and lost at the last second. It's just not, it just doesn't work. And if he's unwilling to change, you got to make a coaching change because this roster is going to be too good in 2021 in terms of talent wise to run a philosophy like that. So you know, like just if you're not going to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson, why is he on your team? Why did you draft him? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying Dalvin is a good player, but the offense has all the tools and capabilities of being a top five, top three offense. And I will, and I will also say this real quick: if he doesn't realize this after Mitch, after Mitch Trubisky ran all over his defense, he's never going to realize it. He's never going to realize it. 
Yeah, Ben, uh, real quick. I mean, I think you got to go into a game like that today, and you got to think our defense is ravaged. Eric Hendricks is out again. We need to score 30-plus points if we want to win this game. Like, ordinarily, the defense would be able to hold Mitch Trubisky in check, but too many starters are missing. So, and the Bears were good offensively last week. We need to score 30-plus points offensively to win this game. Okay, let's reverse engineer that. How is that going to happen? Pound the run all throughout the first half? Like, you're just hoping that Dalvin breaks a home run? I know that Dalvin's amazing, but it's it's like, let's put the training wheels on the offense for the first hour and a half of real time and then see what happens. And real quick, because I was sitting there on my couch like a lot of you guys thinking, it just feels like the Vikings you know, their their work rate is high in the first half, but it seems like their output is low. Like, they just don't seem to score points in the first half. So a few nuggets for you guys, okay? Number one, the Vikings are one of the five lowest-scoring first-half teams in the NFL. So that's, so that's something to take note of. Number two, the Vikings run the ball on almost 60% of their first-quarter snaps. The league average is 45%. So they're sitting in there, and they've got Jefferson, Thielen, highly paid quarterback who's accurate. You've got t- like three pass-catching tight ends, and you're sitting there saying, we're going we're gonna to just egregiously establish the run throughout the entire first half. Uh, the Vikings also going into this game, the Vikings had six passing touchdowns in the first half and 21 in the second half on the season. It's night and day. When you get into that urgency mode in the second half, and, the, and then you see what the offense can really do, do that for the whole game especially when your defense is missing all these starters. People want to sit here and say, why don't you guys hold the defense accountable? Because they're missing like half their starters. It'll fix itself going into 2021. Yeah, I mean, Zimmer can scheme. with If he had all his pieces, he can scheme them to be average at worst. And if you have have an offensive philosophy of scoring as many points, they can win a bunch of games that way. They can win a bunch of games that way. But if the head coach isn't willing to change, I don't know how you can just run it like you say, run it back. I don't know how you can run it back with him if he's not going to change, even if he had all of his pieces together. Yeah, exactly Ben, right. thanks for coming on, dude. Appreciate hey, it. You always bring always bring good insight to Vikings vent line. So I'm all worked up now. Yeah, he's exactly right. He's, I'm all he's fired. Exactly up. right. But here, but here's the problem too, Phil. To your point, so so they they lack all urgency and they try and basically set up. Um, um, the passing game with potentially deep passes first half, right? And they move really slow and methodically, and the pressure on Kirk is is big. But their idea of urgency then is a quick passing game that they should use with their O-line consistently, mm-hmm. but it's still not urgent. Like, it's not the go, go, go. It is, uh, well, okay, I guess we're down by a few. So we, so I don't, I just, offensively, the philosophy is all wrong. It's just not right. And yeah. and I don't I don't know if they don't care or they don't get that. But to Ben's point, the analytics department of the Vikings has tried before several times to tell the coach what they think and basically try and share with with him the enlightened 2020 philosophy of football. And let's just say that the coach has told them that they probably should go get lunch. <laughs> In no uncertain. In terms. no uncertain terms. So so <laughs> Ben, you are right. And it's been tried, and the Vikings do value what those people bring. Unfortunately, from what I've been told, the coach really finds it to be a burden more yeah. than a help. So, well, we are your Vikings therapists here, and we've and we've been so uh, all season long. In fact, we've been doing Vikings Ventline in one form or another. It used to be more of a radio centric show for like seven or eight years, 
And uh, there's just been there's, I, this this season probably rivals, you know, in terms of just like frustrating ways to lose games, the close losses to Tennessee and Seattle, the loss to Dallas, uh, the last two weeks here. It just uh, there's a there's a lot to there's a lot to drink Corona hard seltzers, too, I guess. That's right. That's what I'm saying here. So, all right, Dex, who is up next on Vikings Ventline? Mackie, Judd, Declan. Let's go to Cole. Cole, you're on Vikings Ventline, man. What's up, Cole? Thank you. Um, I want to say a couple things. I called in a couple years ago. It's been a few years since I've called in. Um, definitely appreciate y'all been listening all every week. Appreciate, you know, the frustration y'all go through every week um, to put your, y'all show out there. Went to my local H-E-B, so I'm calling from Austin, Texas. I've not found a Corona Hall hard seltzer in H-E-B. You know, I want to I want to support them because they're supporting the show. I haven't found them around here. I'll keep on looking though. Appreciate. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe we can ship you a pack for yeah, yeah. Uh, for the hey. for the draft here in the spring. So when I called you, I used to drink a rum and coke. I've upgraded to more of a hard whiskey coke now. Spencer's um, like I've upgraded to just a pint of rum. Uh, <laughs> that's what the Vikings yeah, have every done. Game, every game, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I I, I kind of want to touch on things that you guys have touched on a couple. You know, a, a little bit earlier. Honestly, you know, I've been a Vikings apologist of the past few years. You know, every time Christian Ponder made a mistake, I would say, ah, well, you know, if X and Y gone differently, he could have been a successful quarterback. Um, you know, I've learned my lesson with Christian Ponder. Um, Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, you know, I, I'm still a supporter of him. He definitely had his mistakes. I don't blame the last few losses on him. But what I'm left wondering is what's, what's the missing piece here, y'all? Are we looking for a coaching change? Because I've always loved Mike Zimmer. However, the past few games, you know, games won a huge game against San Francisco. We dropped. I'm sorry, not San, not San Francisco, but Tom Tom New Brady. Orleans. Thank you. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah against uh, Tom Tom Brady. This last one should should have been a gimme against the Bears just to put us in the conversation. We drop it. Um, uh, you know, I've always liked Mike Zimmer, but at this point I'm wondering – you know, more on y'all's bandwagon. I'm more on Judd's bandwagon. Like, like what's what, what's going to take us from being an average team every year to being a finally a top contender? And so that's what I just want to want to post to y'all again. Appreciate all the hard work y'all y'all do. Listen to you guys every week. And man, us across the country, we're we're all frustrated. So definitely appreciate y'all. Thanks, man. Appreciate, appreciate Cole. Cole. Great stuff. Good point. And Judd, I think I think what Cole just brought up, I think. I think that's the question we all have to ask ourselves here. You you follow the Vikings. You've been following the Vikings since the 70s, me since the early 90s, Declan since the early 2000s. Like, for all of our lifetimes, this team's going to finish. Like, this team might finish 8-8. Eight and eight. Like, this team's going to finish, like, 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of, like, more often than not, that's the train wreck season. Like, I would say once every 10 years, if you look, they finish, like, 3-13 and 13 or 5-11 and 11 or something. But the bad seasons are like the seven and nine seasons. They're like the eight and eight seasons. And so by Viking standards, if, especially if they lose their last couple games, if they were to, to lose out and uh, and finish, what, six and ten, I guess is possible, yep. that would be a Vikings train wreck. A Browns train wreck is one and 15. A Vikings train wreck is, is six and ten. Yep. What do you want from this franchise? Do you want this franchise to just be relevant and win divisions and hey, we're competitive every season. That's great. It's been like that for 60 years. Just competitive. Awesome. Super right. fun. They're right. always relevant. They're always in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> or do you want this team to win a Super Bowl? And if you want them to win a Super Bowl, it gets uncomfortable when you talk about a good, not great coach, Mike Zimmer, a good, not great quarterback and Kirk Cousins, a good, not great GM. 
in Rick Spielman. You can't win a Super Bowl with good, 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 good. You need great. You need great at these spots. And that's that. like, well, why are you guys so hard on Super Bowl? Super Bowl. I think Mike had a time where where Mike could have been, or certainly there was an era of the sport where he would have been great. Like he would have been fantastic. Um, But the question now becomes, is is the league slowly but surely, and now to to a point where it's essentially passing the Vikings by. Um, And I think I, unfortunately, if we're talking Super Bowl championship, I think the answer to that question is definitely yes. Uh, It's the construction. It, It is. I will ask you again. Do you think with Hunter and Pierce and Kendricks and, and the pieces to the, the uh, defense, which are certainly very important, do you think with those guys now back in 2021 that this is a championship caliber team? Because my answer is still with the way that you operate, especially offensively, probably not. It's not. Um, that doesn't mean that they couldn't win 10 games. That doesn't mean that they're going to be bad. I don't think the 2021 Vikings are going to be bad. I think the 2021 Vikings, though, and into 2022, and with the way that they're constructed now, I don't think that we're looking at teams that you say, that's the blueprint. I don't. That doesn't mean that the rest of the league can be the Chiefs, but the league has gone towards that, right? And and the Vikings are nowhere near there as far as how they approach building their team. And that, to me, becomes the most important thing. How do you build your team? And on game day, what is your priorities? Um, and there's just there's too many things here that I say for where the league is right now, your priorities are misplaced. Doesn't mean you're bad, but it does mean that I don't see a path to you making a playoff run, which is the most important thing, and winning a championship. Mm-hmm. That's Judd at US Bank Stadium. You can find Judd's written work too if you want to read Judd on scorenorth.com or the free to download Scornorth mobile app where we will give you uh, Judd stories galore. You can find all of our podcasts, Purple Daily. You can find Mackie and Judd. You can find the Scoop of Doogie and Roycey Unchained. Who do we got next? Dex here on Vikings Line. Yeah, let's go to Eric and his, uh, and his pupper over there. Hey guys, how's it going? Thanks for uh, taking my call. Um, I, you know, with this loss, it's kind of like a retrospective, right? So you look back on the season, you say, what went right, what went wrong? Uh, the draft went really well. I mean, I think uh, the cornerbacks were great. That Dantzler interception at the end was kind of a – it was a, it turned the tide a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we, we were uh, – at that point, we should have had all the emotion on our side. Um, Cleveland is great, and then obviously Justin Jefferson – I will say this about Kirk Cousins. Love him or hate him, the dude is durable. I mean, with the <laughs> offensive line that he has and how often he gets hit, yep. that dude is durable. You know I've what? never had to worry Eric, about I, John Mannion. Cheers to Eric for bringing the positivity, the He's silver right lining. I love it. He, he, he never misses a game. It's totally That's true. Right. Totally true. Yep. And, he's Carl, Dude, he's Carl Pavano, man. Like, he's going to give you <laughs> – I mean, outside of like the four years where Pavano was hurt all the time. But like, you know, he's that workhorse. He's not an ace, but he's a workhorse. <laughs> well, granted. And I'm not going to, you know, obviously we're not going to put him in the Drew Brees level and the Patrick Mahomes level. But I think if you have a different coach in there and, you know, a lot of what all of you guys said, I think, um, brings up good points. We as Vikings fans, it's just sports fans, sports is an exercise in empathy, right? I mean, we should feel the emotions that they feel on the field. 
And on the field, they should feel the emotions that we feel at home. It's just an empathetic exercise. And it's easy to get emotional and get upset over one game or two games and say, you know, fire the coach. But I think when you look at his resume, he values ideology. He values being right more than he values getting it right. Mm. And if you want to get it right, you need to game plan to the talent that you have on the field. If you have deficiencies on defense, make adjustments to play to the strengths of that defense. If you have an offense with firepower in the wide receiver area, have more of a balance between mm-hmm. running back and wide receiver. But he's he's more concerned with meeting his ideology. He's more concerned with being right than getting it right. Just Dude, this opinion. is Eric. This honestly, like, this is one of the best calls we've yeah. had all season. <laughs> and I know, like, I, 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 I think Cowherd says it that way sometimes too. Like, you're 100 percent right. Like these stubborn coaches. Uh, for a long time, Tom Coughlin was that way. And then Tom Coughlin decided before the 2007 season, and, and this, and, and for Tom, it was less about like offensive philosophy. It was more about chemistry with the players and things like that. You know, we've been good for a long time, and I've been a good head coach for a long time, but what are we all missing? A Super Bowl. So let's all get in a room and figure out how to get it right, not how I can be right as but, a head coach. But the most important thing there is, is, Coughlin had people above him with the Giants who threatened his job and said, if you don't change this, you're fired. I think the problem here is Mike does not have that here. I don't think there's anybody. Look, look Mike does too many things that, that are stubborn that if he had a boss, that boss would say, Mike, no, no, we're not going to do that. No, you're going to change this. Like you, you are good on defense, but your offensive philosophy is, is goofy. Um, but nobody does that. To Mike, and that's the problem: is nobody has either the guts or the ability to pull rank and say, "Look, you are the coach, but I'm the GM, or I own this team, and therefore we're going to do X, Y, Z." Um, and to your point too about Mike, I think part of the problem defensively is, is hubris as well. Um, I really think at cornerback, he thought that, that he could have put Phil, Declan, and I out there and make it work. Because in his mind, he makes it work. And it's like, no, that's not how this works. It, it doesn't mean that you're going to have three Pro Bowls at corner, but you needed to sign a veteran who was decent. And you didn't. Um, and, and because of that, his stubbornness goes a long way towards an undermining what he's trying to do. And I think players look at that, too, and they're like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. So, but, but, but the most important thing, I think, to go back to the Coughlin thing was Coughlin was threatened with termination. And until you say, now, if somebody sits Mike down going into 21 and says, Mike, if you don't do this, you're going to be fired. I would be really interested to see if that changed how Mike approached uh, his team and his philosophies. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, you know, you guys are talking about don't get rid of three. Um, Kirk Cousins is definitely better than Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer. So you can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. Rick Spielman, I mean, has his faults, but put together a great draft and has drafted good players in the past. I think the odd man out is Mike Zimmer. You know, you get somebody who is maybe a little more progressive in their thoughts. Again, more concerned about um, getting it right than being right. Super Bowl, baby. Let's get it. Amen. Good Eric, stuff, who's, Eric. Who, who else is in the room with you there, Eric? This is my son. Um, unfortunately, he is a uh, he's a Packer fan, so I oh, wasn't able no. to. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> what do you mean? He's smart. I was not able to uh, convert him, but 
Boy, well, well have, fun, have, fun, re- have fun repeating have fun repeating third grade three times. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Your guys. son is very smart. I'll see you later. All right, Man, see you, Eric. Philosophical okay. stuff there from Eric, dude. Dude, he, yeah, dude he's right. legitimately like one of the smartest calls we've had all year. Yeah. He's 100% right. Mike Zimmer has, in his mind, this is the way that we win. And you know what? You gave him that runway. In 2017, he built it. Ideally, this is where I take a little bit of the blame off him. Case Keenum was really good and played as well as Case Keenum could. But like, imagine that 2017 Vikings team with just a more dynamic, better quarterback. I mean, uh, literally anybody who could have just sort of risen above the 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 fray that was taking place in the first half of that Philadelphia game. Right. Like once, eventually, you know, because people are like, "Well, the defense gave up 38 points against the Eagles." Yeah, but the Vikings are up seven nothing and driving again, and and Case Keenum threw just a ridiculously stupid interception. Um, would they have won the Super Bowl with Mike Zimmer's philosophy with a non-backup quarterback in that spot? That team, though, was built as, was built as close as you will ever get a team to Mike's liking. Mm-hmm. It's, Defense it's, was dynamic and great, yeah. and 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 you didn't pay a quarterback a ton like that. Those were the ingredients for the ideal team for Mike. Yeah, and it's and, and you know, and credit to everyone, credit to uh, to Spielman for helping build that roster and Zimmer for molding his philosophy, but like. What? To have to push that rock back up the hill again and get that defense back to number one, and now these cor- these rookie cornerbacks have have that play that Dantzler made. Some of that's on Mitch Trubisky for just being a Mitch Trubisky, but like that's a game changing play. And glad what, he made a couple of great plays. What was that throw? But between it's that Mitch, throw Mitch Trubisky and the Badgers kid, no, but it's play calls too. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's got to be a low percentage. Like that pass either has to be caught incomplete. Or nothing. It's <laughs> well, like, what are you doing? What no, with Mitch, no, Joe, with Mitch Trubisky, there's always another option. Yeah. The, two, the, two worst play calls, <laughs> the two worst play calls that we've seen in the past two days do not involve the home teams. The, the Badgers backup QB who was asked to throw into the end zone and got picked. Yeah. And that pass by Trubisky, they are the two worst offensive play calls that we saw all weekend. Dude. I exonerate the Gophers and Vikings, no matter how bad they screwed up, they did not screw up play calling as badly as those two plays. Yeah. It was awful. Um, hey, actually, on a silver lining note for my guy, Kirk Cousins, I think I'm right on this. I looked this up sort of haphazardly as I was going through, just like angrily looking up stats as the Vikings were losing. How many red zone interception? Remember that 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 interception against the Packers last year where he, he it was like a first down play? How many red zone interceptions does old Kirky boy have this season? Ooh, he might have zero. Zero. Yeah, he yeah. He's been very reckless between like like I think he has like three touchdowns and nine picks when the Vikings are like between their own thirty and the fifty. So he's been very that's reckless early in the season, middle that's of the guy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's your guy. That's your guy. That's your quarterback. That's I my just quarterback. Said, dude, I sit here, I texted you guys this during the game. I'm thinking Imagine like the, and I get that the offensive line, you still need like two starting offensive linemen. So the offensive line is still a problem, but imagine this offense, even with kind of a broken offensive line with a more aggressive play calling mindset, just like, let's just go 
balls to the wall with Justin Jefferson Thielen, Dalvin more as the compliment instead of like the guy that's going to eat 30 carries a week. Um, and then with a more dynamic quarterback, like imagine Kyler Murray or like a guy that can keep plays alive and run oh, yeah. for a hundred yards yeah. if needed, you know, why don't you come so, out though? Why, why don't the Vikings come out regularly on their first possession? Okay. And establish Jefferson short. Like he's great there and he can get, he can get yak like nobody's business. A lot mm-hmm. of yak. Um, I would come out every game and say, we are going to establish Jefferson early, and it doesn't have to be deep. It can be eight-yard passes. I don't care. Crossing routes. Um, why they don't do that, I don't get. Because yeah. well, those, listen, those, are you quick, can... those are quick-hitting, easy passes. Kirk can throw them, and he's not probably going mm-hmm. to, to get sacked because he drops back and the ball's out. And listen, Judd, I'm all for establishing Justin Jefferson early. Only after you've established the run, including you know when, you're, when your season's on the line. When the pandemic is done, open up a bar called Establish the Run. <laughs> a new bar. Dude, no, I got, it. I got it. I got it. Establish the Rum. Oh. And it's a tiki bar. Oh, I like it. Establish the That's good. <laughs> That's very good. All right. Who's next? Who's next? Let's go to uh, Rick. Rick, you're on Vikings event line. Hey, guys. How you doing? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Perfect. Hey, sports dad. How was your week? What's up, Rick? <laughs> long, long Get weekend. a room. You, get a room, you guys. Get a, <laughs> a long weekend. Badgers, Bears, <laughs> long weekend. So um, I actually live in Illinois, so watching Bears games is always fun for me. I either get to see the happy or um, sad versions of live Bears vent line, which is always good on Mondays afterwards. Um, you know, I, I agree with the gentleman who called earlier that we're all wondering, like, what, what's it going to take for us to, you know, be that team that can finally get over the hump? Uh, you know, we, we sit there every year when we come to this point, eight and eight, seven and nine, you know, nine and seven, bouncing in that area. My question to Judd is, like, what advice do you have to give to us for an offseason knowing that we're going to take another cornerback? <laughs> Patience. Hold on a second. Mm, mm. Yeah, I love it. Patience. Patience, my son. Sports dad. Emphasizing patience. <laughs> Deep breathing. <sighs> Cornerback. Mackie, Judd Zolgad here for Calm. It's a free app with <laughs> or meditation booze. exercises. Or booze. Pick one. I'm watching patience, the game. Meditation. Booze. Where, you know, I'm like, all right. We're down by a touchdown. Let's see if Mr. Game-winning drive can pull it together here. And I'm like, you know, they've already tried to establish the run, even with Alexander Madison, who just had his appendix taken out. They're like, no, yeah. get out there on the field. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Like, we're Try. running the ball. We're running the ball this week. You know, I love Zimmer to death, but it's like you guys say, this offense is stuck in 1996. And so Also, okay, here, here's another thought, Rick. So – uh, one of the games that Judd has referenced a bunch in terms of like rea- Vikings reality checks, uh, the 2006 it was it was the Halloween game against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and it was it was it was Bill because the Vikings started four and two that season, and it was Bill as the up and coming Brad Childress is the next like you know high IQ uh, pull the strings coach, and and we'll see if. See if the Vikings can continue on this four and two record. And the Patriots went in that game and said, All right, the Vikings have the Williams wall and one of the best run stopping defenses in NFL history. So we're just going to throw 50 times 
because that's what works. And, you know, you watch this Vikings offense and they have one method that they want to establish with you. And it's run early often and all the time. And then maybe we'll get around through play action to our star wide receiver Ferraris. Do they ever go into a game creatively and say, all right, so uh, the bears have a ridiculous front four that stops the run. And if we run up the middle 15 times, it's going to be a disaster. So let's, you know what? We won't do this all the time, but Kirk, you're throwing the ball 45 times today. And Justin Jefferson's going to get 18 targets. Like, do they ever? I'm not saying all the time. I'm saying once in a while, creatively. You know what? Let's um, let's do something they're not expecting. Let's throw yeah. the ball 45 times, not every week, but today, because so Justin take, Jefferson's going to go for 200 yards. So let, let's take that question and extrapolate it out to what the conversation is. If you pumped these guys full of a truth serum and said, okay, why not? Right? Why not? Why won't you do this? Here's the conversation. That's a really good idea, but we don't trust our O-line. And more importantly, since the bye week, we haven't trusted our quarterback. And so the reality is that they don't trust because it makes sense. But this does not come down, I don't think, one bit to Thielen or Jefferson. This comes down to a mistrust of the line. And the quarterback, but the quarterback thing is dicey because you're paying him what thirty million. You're paying him, I think, ninety two or ninety six over the next two years. So, like, that's not an answer. That again, if these guys had bosses, I would walk in and say, "Hold on a second, here, guys. Rick, Mike, sit down. Explain this to me. You came to me and said we should resign Kirk." For I, and I get it for cap purposes, but you did tell me that, and we're paying him a ton, and now you're running game plans that essentially say, "But we don't totally trust him." That doesn't jive to me. That doesn't work for me. Like mm-hmm. if I'm the boss, I'm like, people lose their jobs because they sign employees that they ultimately right. sour on, and and if you have soured on Kirk, guess who I'm souring on? You. Yeah. If you don't trust, yeah. listen. If you if you don't trust the highly paid quarterback. Let's have that conversation because let's get a guy that you do trust a little bit or a guy that you don't trust and pay him a lot less money so we can put more money into your defense and the line and all you know, all this other stuff. Yep. Anyways, Rick, final words from you. Um, well, again, as soon as we come down to that final drive, I'm like, well, we're drafting a cornerback. Final thoughts of the season. <laughs> First thing I'm thinking just – <laughs> you go in with the positivity every morning. I woke up saying, yeah, we're playing the Bears. I'm going to go to work tomorrow and tell all my Bears fans, yeah, we beat you guys. And then as the game started, I was like, mm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know. Our defense is yeah. playing super soft. And the fact that we're literally relying on Kirk Cousins. And, I mean, I don't hate Kirk, but I, like we all know who he is. Yeah. Rick, great stuff, man. Thanks Rick, for coming on the show. Calm, patience, deep breathing. You know, one with the you just turned 28, correct? Yes, sir. So I'm 27, so right around the same age. So yeah, like 98, 2000s when you became a Vikings fan, correct? Yep. You know, 2009 and 2017 are easily the the hardest years, and I think our run. Yeah. Uh, and now it's just we're I, I'm like we're right back in the stretch of it again. I'm like, <laughs> what is it? 2026? Should we think? You know, 2027? Right. Are we going 13 and three, 14 and two again? You know. I can't wait for the inevitable heartbreak, Rick. I can't yeah, wait, man. Once a decade. So thanks, That's guys. Right. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> thanks, See you, man. Rick. See you, Rick. All right, let's keep rolling here, Dex. We're, awesome. We've been babbling so much. We're 50 minutes in the show. Let's get to somebody else here. Let's go to uh, Nino. 
Nino, you're on back at Smetland. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. Um, long-time listener. Big fan of the show, but uh, first-time callers. Thanks for having cool. me on. Thank you. Thanks, man. Up here in the uh, the Great White North in, uh, in Canada, we're uh, up in cottage country for the holidays. But um, as you can see, I'm sitting in the dark, not enjoying the uh, family time that's going on upstairs right now because it just seems appropriate at this point in time. I wanted to just bring up uh, a couple things here. Um, you know, first of all, you know, again, thanks for having me on. But I just saw a tweet from uh, your guy's friend, Courtney Cronin, saying that Mitch Trubisky went 11 of 14 for 144 yards and a touchdown off of play action in this game today. We have a coach that, like, this baffles me. We have a coach who prides himself on being a defensive mind, correct? Right? right. We have a coach whose game plan has been to run play action all year. And you let the Chicago Bears do this against you. That's insane to me. How, like, how... How do you? How does that? How does this happen in a game that you must win? That you must win, right? And it just, it just kind of seems par for the course for the season. And like, there's been a couple segues in this, and and I won't go too long here, but you know, you guys kind of went over the season being a roller coaster. And so, just a quick little recap. You know, we started out terrible, right? You know, there were those heartbreaking losses to Tennessee and Seattle. Tough games, tough nights for all of us. You know, then we go into the bye, and it's like, okay, you know what? Like, I'm excited. Maybe, you know, I start seeing BYU, Zach Wilson, throw the ball around the field. You get excited that maybe there's another guy out there other than Justin Fields and and uh, and Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, you're, you're checking out Trey Lance tape, even though it's a little few and far between this season. But, you know, you, you get what you can. And then you come out and you beat the Packers after the bye. And it's like, okay, you know what? That was a ton of fun. And, and you know what? If, if, that's, if that's all I get from this year, that's my Super Bowl. I'm cool with that. <laughs> but like then then we start getting some wins and it's like okay this is weird you know this is a little familiar <laughs> this is the team i this is the team i remember and and then we get the Dallas game and it's like i believe someone called on here and referenced Kirk pooping his pants because that's what that game kind of was right like it was terrible and it just reminded us that like okay like this is this is who we are but then we get Jacksonville at home and Carolina at home. And we think, you know what? This is great. We can win those two games and give us a chance. And they go out there and they do what they did in those two games, which which was essentially just make us look like fools. Because, yeah, they won, but it was clearly fool's goal. I mean, it, I mean, Mr. Game-Winning Drive established his That's resume right, you know. in those two I games. I apologize. Minimize, minimize those two games at your own <laughs> peril, but that's fine. Fair enough, fair enough. And, and then we get the Tampa game. And, of course, you know, oh, Kicking's got to rear its head in the season, or else it's not a Viking season. Because <laughs> it's it, it can't be right. Like like I like I I tweet my friends Blair Walsh gifts when I think of like bad things happening in my life. Like that's like I'm just so used to it now. So like it was so I was so desensitized to it when the whole Billy Cundiff or Billy Cundiff, sorry, um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but you know what I mean. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, Carlson. Daniel Carlson. I love how, yes. like, Nino, I love how you're, like, you're so psychologically messed up from Vikings <laughs> kicking. You just, like, say random kicker names yeah. out loud. You're just like, uh, uh, oh, my God, uh, Fuadrevez, uh, uh, Nick Folk. Uh, <laughs> I'll say that, you know what, two uh, weeks yeah. ago, I, I grew up a Florida Gators fan as well, and two weeks ago, the LSU kicker essentially finished the season with a 57-yarder He's good. through fog. So it's not even like he could see the poles, but, of course, he yeah. gets it. And then uh, poor Evan McPherson misses from 51, and they lose, right? But 
So, you know, you know, we, we get up to this game today and I, I wake up and I, you know, my friends are like, oh, Bears, easy game, easy game. I'm like, have you seen the way the Bears have played us in the second half of the season, like over the past five years? It's what faith should we have based on how things have gone over the last month to win this game? And it's like, oh, it's the Bears, it's the Bears. And then, like I said, you let Mitch Trubisky do that to you. You let David Montgomery do that to you. And and I, I just have to say how proud I am of, of Justin Jefferson because you know, it's almost like we have Diggs 2.0. And I, I mean that in the most positive point of view. Maybe he can get through to, to Mr. Game Winning Drive. Maybe he can get through to the offensive coaches to, to let them know, you know, you need to air it out. I love Dalvin Cook. But I guess my only concern now is where do we go from here? Like, I understand the defense is going to be so much better. I get that. You know, you add Pierce back. You add Hunter back. Kendricks is going to be healthy. Hopefully Barr comes back healthy. If Barr's, you know, still decent at remembering how to play football but where do you go from here and and all I can think of is I swear if I see Dalvin Cook at 30 touches next week I'm gonna lose my mind <laughs> next week Christmas night. Try, try Friday try Friday it's on yeah. Friday and he's gonna right. carry the ball 25 times you better bet your butt on that one yeah you know what he is Nino Phil's hat man look at Phil's hat establish the run especially in the Superdome it's it's terrifying to me because you know what? They're going to go out there. We're going to say, "Oh yeah, we're still in the hunt. We're still in the hunt. We got to run them into the ground." Mm-hmm. And like we like the stats are are terrifying for running backs who have had this kind of volume for the next season, right? Yeah. So it's it's terrifying to me that they're just going to hammer him, hammer him, hammer him, still lose the game, which will be great for the draft pick. But like, is it really worth it in the long run? Like, just get Madison in there. Like, I'm I just I I'm so baffled with the direction of the team and. Yeah. I just want to say how much I appreciate you guys and you guys you know, taking calls. You, and- you need you need shows of help therapy. You need several shows. Like you have to call back a lot. Listen, I, yeah, I feel like this is just a consultation. But yeah. I mean, you are messed yeah. up. I, I think Judd's on something. I think this is your consultation. Uh, we will bill you for the time, <laughs> and 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 then we would we would definitely prescribe at least four straight months of purple daily on a daily basis for you. As we discuss the future of the Vikings going into the 2021 NFL draft, I would say this, Nino, maybe you're looking at this the wrong way. Maybe Judd, maybe Declan, maybe we're all looking at this the wrong way. We think Mike Zimmer is like this sort of, you know, Neanderthal, like my way or the highway style. What if the Vikings looked over and said, all right, if we beat the bears, we could go to the playoffs. Maybe still need the Cardinals to lose some games. That's the micro game. The macro game is, boy, they're starting to see the light flicker with Mitch Trubisky, and we all know that's fool's gold. <laughs> Let's make Mitch Trubisky look like a franchise quarterback today. So they re-sign him for two years, $25 million, and handcuff themselves while we get our defensive starters back in 2021 and get two guaranteed victories. Just going to throw that out there. He's the, pa- he's the Pam, the play-action master. <laughs> and, and you know what? That'll, that'll, Chicago. Be great. that'll be great. And you know what? If he's the brain, Mr. Zimmer, all credit to him. But you know what? And and I say this with, with all the hate in the world of the guy. If if Mr. Frogers, as as Aaron Rodgers is known around my condo, Mr. Frogers, um, <laughs> if he doesn't have – if he comes back and has another MVP season, then who cares? What's the difference? We're still in the same boat, right? Dude, I tweeted this. I tweeted this as much. So many sad Packer fans in my replies this morning. And I gave him the I gave him the Eminem and eight mile treatment and said, listen, I know the Vikings have never won a Super Bowl, and that's going to be your re- retort. Justifiably, 
totally get it. The Vikings have never won a Super Bowl. Yep. But you guys have had Aaron Rodgers, who's who's now on a new level as the only quarterback in NFL history to have three 40 touchdown seasons. And Brett Favre for 30 years. 30 years you've had two Super Bowl championships. Yeah. Okay. Rodgers with one is is sad. They wasted you know, it with Mike McCarthy there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brace yourself. Aaron is coming in two years, okay? <laughs> so, like, forget the Roger stuff. You're going to have to buy in. You're going to have to get your 12 jersey, okay? So, seriously, right now, just back off Dude. because because when he when he is is going 14 and two in 2023 as a Viking, you're going to have to deal. Should Dude, we get what, what, hashtag Rogers watch started going now, or is that a year too no, early? Two years too no. early? Well, and I think we have to wait till they get beat. So here's what has to happen. They have to get beat in a playoff game where their defensive front gets slaughtered because they decided to draft Aaron Rodgers replacement <laughs> instead of a defensive tackle. So right. that has, that's inevitably going to happen in the NFC playoffs. And then we start to open our arms to Aaron Rodgers. And so Vikings fans and Nino, what would you give up for a 2023 40-year-old, I think, Aaron Rodgers at that point, Super Bowl championship in purple. I mean, how much fun would that be? For a Super Bowl champion, absolutely. But I think you have to understand, for me, if he came on our team and threw that same interception that Brett Favre did against the Saints, that'd be it for me. He would end you. He would throw it. I I don't know how I would come back from that. He doesn't throw that. He wouldn't throw that ball. Yeah. You know, it's funny because the Packers. He would run because he'd have a good ankle. The Packers have had these quarterbacks for 30 years, and their problem has been roster construction. Like, they've had quarterbacks propping up average rosters for 30 years. The Vikings have had some of the best rosters in the NFL for 30 years, and they've got quarterbacks that can't live up to the moment. Cunningham can't live up to the moment in 98. Favre throws the dumb interception in 2009, right? Like, like combine the two. Imagine bringing Aaron Rodgers with some magic in that right arm and the Vikings roster-building capabilities in two years from now. We'll just see what be happens. Prepared for it. Be prepared can for I, it. Can I just say one last thing, and I'll let you mm-hmm. guys go because I know I've, I've taken up a lot of your time. But it, was it me only that expected the Vikings to come out of that two-minute warning on fourth and one with twelve men in the huddle? Like it was. <laughs> honestly, I texted my friends. I was like, "That would be so poetic." You are so damaged. I'm <laughs> serious. Call yeah. back often. Get involved. We'll help you through this, but we, we can't answer all of these questions right now. It's too much. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have enough. We charge way too much for our therapy. Thanks. Sure. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Nino. All right. See you, Nino. All right. Let's yeah. keep going here, Dex. Who's, who's next? That was a great call. It was. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Justin in Rochester. Justin, what's up, buddy? Hey, how you guys doing? Talk- Good, man. Dude, J- Justin, is this your first appearance on YouTube Vikings Ventline? This is the first. I got in on Twins, but you weren't doing the video at that. So, yes, this is the first on the video stream. So now the rest of the world can see this ugly mug. So there you go. Right. I just want people to know because we've had right. like it's right. funny for us. We you know, we've Judd and I have been doing a show for like seven years. We've been at 1500 ESPN and then score North for like 10 years. And because we've been much more prominent on YouTube over the last year or so, and especially since May 1st, it's like we have all these people like, oh, this is great. This, this, new, this new who are these new guys, Mackie and Judd? But we know that Justin in Rochester has been there. For the radio long haul, so we appreciate right. you. You know, back when you were with the old Roycey guy there, the, the <laughs> punk in the you know. So, <laughs> so here's the thing: you guys have t- tiptoed around it, and, and Judd, you kind of stumbled into it a little bit the last couple of callers. The common denominator isn't Zimmer, it's not Spielman, it's not Cousins, it's Ziggy and Mark Wilf. Okay. Ziggy and Mark Wilf, you might not know this, but they grew up as huge Giants fans. Maybe you didn't know that, okay? Who's their most prominent person they care about football-related? 
Bill Tuna. Parcells. Yeah. And Mike Zimmer's a Bill Parcells disciple. He's yeah. one of Bill Parcells' guys. You guys have been saying 1995. It's 1985 what this guy's doing. Okay. He nice. thinks that he's Bill Parcells in the mid to late 80s with Lawrence Taylor and company when it's 2020. And the biggest issue is that the Wilfs are never going to get rid of Zimmer until it completely goes nuclear because they don't want to have to go back to Parcells and said, your guy didn't work because they worship him. <laughs> you know, it's that line in office space, you know. I have a fear of losing my job, but that'll motivate me to work just hard enough not to get fired. Okay? There's, Zimmer's not a bad coach. Zimmer, Spielman's not a bad GM. They're just okay, and they've done enough to where, should I really fire these guys? They haven't been horrible, but they haven't been great. And Ziggy and Mark are content with the status quo. So we can talk about drafting offensive linemen, defensive players. What is it going to take to make Kirk Cousins be what he needs to be to win a Super Bowl? None of that matters until the mindset of Ziggy and Mark changes. So that's number one. And at, well, let, go ahead and respond to that if you want. No, I, I, my, my response is this. Yeah. Off that Grab point. Off, off that point from the day that, that those – that the – family bought this team, Justin, their goal has been to be competitive every year and they are. So this is what they want. Now, now they thought occasionally, I think that, that you would pop up and make a run and probably win a Super Bowl, which they have not done. Um, but their greatest fear is like two bad years. And so they're in a very weird predicament because they're almost getting what they want. Unfortunately, they thought that, oh, we'll, we'll occasionally do what the Giants did, right? Which is win titles. But you are right. They worship Parcells, and you know who else? And you broached his name. You brought his name up. You know who else? They absolutely worship the ground that he walked on. Lawrence Taylor and defense. And I guarantee you, Zim tells them old school Parcells stories and talks mm-hmm. to them about Lawrence Taylor. And you know, I remember this and I remember that. Anthony Ball reminds me a and, lot of yeah. Lawrence. Taylor. But that's the thing about it is like they are they are tried and true huge football fans. They love that. But I think that their fear is, man, we are glad that we're not bad because if we won, you know, three games in 2022 and four games in 2024, that's a really bad thing. So, yeah, you are definitely right. Um, Unfortunately, I don't see them changing that philosophy. No, unless they get really bad, which they don't, which they're guarding against doing. Right. As Eddie Eddie chimes in on YouTube comments here, Zimmer only has one eye. Give him a break, you guys. I don't know what your problem is. Here's one thing. I want to take the real quick moment here. I know it's Vikings event line, but uh, rest in peace to Minnesota sports legend Tom Hanneman. Oh, my God. The other day. Uh, Real quick, guys, I'll make this brief. Uh, About 20 years ago, my brother and I went to a Bulls game. We locked ourselves out of our car. So after walking 10 blocks there and back and searching where we sat for our keys, we had to wait for our dad to come get us for about an hour. And in the hallway, Tom Hanneman's walking to the elevator to go home. And I just kind of shouted at him just to say, hey. Well, he actually stopped and talked to me for a few minutes, and I was rubbing it up kind of like when I met you guys, just picking his brain and asking questions about what it's like to be a broadcaster and the team. So after about 10 minutes, he pushed the elevator button. I said, thanks for taking a few minutes with me. And by the way, I really miss the Kevin Harlan and Trent Tucker days. And he just turns and looks at me, and his face lights up, and he couldn't wait to tell me stories about those days. 
he ended up spending a grand total of about 45 minutes talking to me and my brother when he didn't have to. Okay. A lot of people you're saying right now, he was a great guy and a great human being. There were no cameras around. He wasn't doing this for publicity. He was doing it out of the kindness of his heart. And it's just a sad day. Uh, Again, I know we're talking Vikings here, but I just wanted to throw his name out there and say uh, a rest in peace to him. Awesome. No, for sure. Like that guy, like everything you just said, um, he's the type of guy without cameras, without anything would just ask you questions about your life and your career. And Judd and I have had a million different times at target center or target field where he would walk up and like, he would literally, you know, some people give you the pleasantry, like, Oh, how's the show going? Right. He would literally come up to you and say, Hey, I heard you guys talking about this on this segment. And then like, ask you about your life. And so anyone who's wondering, you know, what, what is Tom Hanneman like behind the scenes, exactly how you think he would be when you experience him as a play-by-play guy or as uh, the pre and halftime host and and the way that he comes across the TV like that, but 10 times better even as a human being. Yeah. Even in that conversation, he even stopped me from just being sports the whole time. And he said, so tell me about your life. Where are you at? And I'm like, well, I'm a senior in college and I'm going for this and whatever else. And so he didn't just make it about the sports or about himself, even though I was trying to make it about sports and about him. He even stopped me and said, well, why don't you tell me a little about you uh, here for a little bit? Uh, Last thing, uh, as much as I hated the idea of Favre, and yes, I know you're all going to shake your heads because no, that season was not worth it. Only a Super Bowl would have made having the Packer on us on our team. I would be okay with Aaron Rodgers because he might not lead us, but he won't submarine us either. So yes, I would get a, I would never have bought a Favre jersey, but I would buy a Rodgers jersey. So there you go. Fair enough, man. That's Justin. Justin and Rochester. I do remember like eight or nine years ago, the first time you and I ever talked sports in person at O'Donovan's across the street from Target. <laughs> you've always been one of the, party. Yeah. Yep. You've always been one of the smartest Minnesota sports fans who who calls into our show. So don't make this the last time on Ventline, man. Appreciate it. I appreciate, appreciate you guys. Have a Merry Christmas and stay safe. You too. Right. Take care. Justin in Rochester. Uh, Tom, it, that that's so, that's sad because I mean he was such a there, there are there are a lot of people in this bit business who I think are pretty good folks i mean they're right. fine like me um but that guy yeah, was, no. that guy was no no i said fine but that guy was the real deal i mean he yeah, was it's true. He, he cared he cared about people mm-hmm. he was talented that was a real gut punch on uh friday when we found that that he had passed away yep he's uh he's an all-timer and i i i see it. he was battling cancer for a while and i don't know like, i haven't seen any like official news but i don't know i thought he was getting better for a while because he was I mean, he was back active on social, and yeah. I, I I had DM'd with him recently as of, like, I don't know, earlier this year. And I think a lot of people are just sort of shocked that, oh, my gosh, I thought he turned a corner. And so mm-hmm. it's super sad. Um, all right. No real great way to segue there, but let's keep going to uh, to, to more Vikings fans here, Dex, on Vikings Ventline. All right. I tried this last week. Uh, is it is it Okani? What was it? Close. Okuni. Okuni. Uh, you had it, Declan. You had it. Dang it. Yeah. It's All right, guys. So I Bring just want to start off by uh, saying asking the Vikings to win out is like they hear it like it's like um, what's the what's the day uh, on April 1st, April Fool's Day. Like it's the opposite <laughs> day. They think, oh, OK, we need to lose three games in a row. That's cool. No problem with that. So I have a few notes, so I'll get through them as fast as I can. Sure. All right. Dakota Dozier and, and Chris Jones, they got to go. Yeah. If Dakota Dozier is starting next year, I swear I'm going to – Judd, I'm going to nominate you for the left guard, okay, because that's just not cool. And then, um, Mackie, we talked about this last week. 
second and run, second and one or second and five and less when they should be thinking, hey, let's take a deep shot down the field maybe with Justin Jefferson. Today, I think it was four or five times they ran every single time. Okuni, Okuni, you know what? So you said it it was like four out of five times. That's actually an improvement because I got the data here. (laughs) I got the the receipts, okay? This is from sharpfootball.com. The Vikings run the ball 89% of the time on second and one and second and two. 89% 89% of the time when your playbook is wide open on second and one and second and two, and you could do play action, you could do anything you want, you could take a shot, they run the ball 89% of the time on second and one and second and two, by far the most in the NFL. Ridiculous. Mackie, when it was a minute 45 left and it was third and one, before they ran the play, I said, you better not run the ball. And there is Cook trying to run it straight down the middle between those two big dudes. And I'm just sitting here like, Kirk, adjust the play. But Kirk is too much of a row the boat guy. He won't. He that's why I'm like, he's not the problem. He's he's just Okuni. Okuni. And imagine like in that spot. Okay. And Judd, like you cover the 2009 Vikings. Okay. Imagine on third and one in that spot or like any situation that he looked at sideways. If Brett freaking Favre gets that play called into his headset. Wait a second. Our season's on the line. Which changes it. And we're, we're going to hand off again up the middle in into the brick wall of the Chicago Bears uh, between the tackles defense. No, dude, we're checking out of this. And we're going to yeah. maybe we'll run play action in this spot. But the Vikings, mm-hmm. the Vikings think on third and one, second and one, second and one is the most infuriating. They're not thinking how can we leverage the situation to get a chunk? They're thinking we need one yard for a first down. Therefore we run the ball. Like exactly. And uh, I, you guys have been talking a lot about the play calling and um, I want to just touch on that a little bit. Um, I don't, I wish Kubiak would just go to Zimmer and say, Hey, I know you want us to run the ball, but we do so much better when we're spreading the ball around. Okay, the first half, the past two years, we've always started slow in the first half. And then we're like, oh, oh, hey, you know, maybe we should, you know, uh, you know, like put some fire into us and like get going. And then the second half, it's like, oh, okay, like where's this team been all year? You know, so I really I've been a Mike Zimmer fan, you know, like uh, I, I like him, but. I I think he's the problem. I, I they really should have hired Stefanski uh, last year instead of you know resigned him because like like you guys said we have to roll with the times or else we're going to be left back. That Saints win. That Saints win because if they lose, yep. that Saints game. I'm pretty sure Mike's gone, um, and I'm pretty sure that Stefanski gets the job in that case. So that Saints win literally changed at least for a few years here, the direction of this franchise and, and how they were going to go. Cause I think if you go to the Superdome and you lose, I think Zim very well could be in Dallas right now. And mm-hmm. you're, and you've got Stefanski and that doesn't make cousins ideal, but it does give you a, a chance to see him probably in what we could call an updated modern offense, as opposed to what they're trying yeah. to do now. And I'll tell you this too. Here's the problem. Our, the biggest problem that the Vikings face right now that we should talk about more is, I'm telling you, the clock on Jefferson is ticking right now. 
Like mm-hmm. the clock is ticking. Guys like guys like this do not just sit back and say, well, I'm young. I sure hope these first three years go well, because if they don't, oh, darn it. They say, no, 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 get me the football and and figure out how. And I don't care if some team says, yeah, but they're rolling safeties, Justin. How are we going to do that? Well, you know what? Figure out a bleeping way to do it. Honestly. So, so Justin, honestly. Justin Jefferson actually quote tweeted the uh, Warren Sharp video that says, you know, F Kirk, come on, throw the ball. And he quote tweeted it with laughing emojis and said, y'all love blowing stuff out of proportion. And I ain't no diva. Don't get it twisted. He tweeted that 13 minutes ago. Well, no, no yeah, one's calling him. Not, no, 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 one, yeah. no one's calling him a diva. No, not at no, all. No one's calling him a diva. No, 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 right. no, no, no. Correct. Okay. Last I mean, if three he's, things. If he's frustrated, he's frustrated. We're, like, right. we're, everyone's frustrated. For sure. Yeah. And if, if, if the team keeps going this way, for the next two years, he's going to want to leave. And that's, I don't want to lose another star wide receiver because we can't pass the ball to him, you know? So last three things, Cam Dantzler, he's going to be special. That kid is going to be very special. And then um, at the beginning of the year, when they, Mike Zimmer promoted his son and uh, I think it's Andre Patterson to defensive coordinator, I thought he was going to give up play calling duties. But he's still calling the plays. I think he needs to give Andre Patterson a chance to go out and 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 you know call the plays, and he needs to just focus on the entire team and not just the defense. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was he one. Want to. That's that's never no. happening. He doesn't want to. He ain't gonna he give doesn't. that play calling up. Yeah. Yeah. So last last point. I'm I'm not worried about next year. You know, if we get if we get um, 99 back healthy and good to go and we get you know um the guy in the middle dt i can't remember um but we get our pieces back on defense yes pierce if we get our pieces back on defense and we actually uh the play calling changes also to cater to what we have because we have great tight ends i mean we can get rid of rudolph and we'll be totally fine with irv and conklin and then Mm -hmm. with cook in the back and you know uh, Thielen and Jefferson, we I think we could compete with the the Chiefs. I think we can compete with them. Um, that might just be me. I don't know about you guys, but I think we can. So uh, I'll let you guys go. And uh, thanks for having me on again. Awesome, stuff, man. Cooney, Thank thanks you. for coming on, dude. Thanks, Appreciate dude. it. Hey, real quick, uh, speaking of the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So right now, Drew, Drew Brees started today. Drew Brees yeah. started for the Saints today in this game. Yep. So we are just into the third quarter here. I'm sorry, the uh, second quarter here. Chiefs up 14 rip. Drew Brees, this is what sucks for the Vikings. Like, Drew Brees had like nine broken ribs. He starts the game. He just completed his first pass for five yards. He started 0 for 6 with an interception, and he was sacked once for a nine-yard loss. And it's like if the Vikings could have won even one of these last two games, they'd get a gun-shy 12 ribs broken and healed Drew Brees next week on a short week on Christmas. And then the Lions, it's like just win one of those games against Tampa or um, or Chicago. And you might have a chance to make the playoffs still. So Absolutely. Anywho, who's next, Dex? Let's, uh, let's go to Alex. Alex, you're on Vikings Event Line, man. Hey, guys. What's up? Not much, man. What's How are up, you? Alex? Uh, yeah, all these uh, young, young fans complaining about uh, – Oh nine and seventeen. I've been a Feige fan since seventy seven, so I've yeah, been dude. through a lot. OG, we got an OG in the house here, Alex and Judd, the two OGs That's of right. today's yeah. episode. 
Yeah, if I can't call Judge my football dad, I can call my football brother, maybe. That's good enough for me, yeah. <laughs> Let's stick with that, Alex. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the mathematical anomalies that involve Minnesota sports teams is just remarkable. Like the Twins losing 18 in a row. The Vikings have been to 10 NFC Championship games, and they've lost the last six. And it's something I, I don't know what needs to change, but something definitely needs needs to happen. I don't know if if they need to blow it up, if they, you know. But I'm kind of on the, like with you with you feels like I don't want them to completely blow it up because then we're the Browns and no one wants to be the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I I. I I don't know. I'm just frustrated, I guess, because if you don't, if you don't, you have to change things up because the more things stay the same, the more it's like insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Right. And I think that's, that's the heart of where Zimmer's at. Someone needs to say, hey, you're a great defensive coach, but you need to let someone control the offense a little bit more. Yeah, I know you like running the football, but as you're saying, when it's second and run, hey, how about we throw the ball? You know, you got two of the best wide receivers in the NFL. You got J.J. and you got Thielen. And, and Conklin's proven that we don't need Rudolph. So, I mean, Rudolph wouldn't have scored on that catch that Conklin would have. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I mean, I like Zimmer as a coach, but I don't I, – I, 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 I'm, I'm frustrated. <laughs> no, Alex. I think you're right. No, you're, I think you, sp- you speak for a lot of Vikings fans. Um, also worth noting, just for some optimism, King puts on the YouTube comments. Has anyone mentioned that Dan Bailey was perfect today? Hey. Yeah, it so doesn't matter. He screwed us last week. <laughs> yeah, he's not wrong. Yeah. That's, that's actually very, very true. Alex, thanks for representing the OG era of Vikings fans once, who have been going through yeah, this. Yeah, well, once again, I, I love your show, and I did listen to you on the radio. I just never called in, but. You guys are awesome and keep up the good work. Appreciate you guys and everything that's going on in 2020. Thank Make you. It a better Thank you, man. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate yeah. it, Alex. Call appreciate in again sometime. It. All right. I keep saying like call in. Is there a better way yeah. to say call in to Vikings? Stream, Atlanta? stream in. Stream in. How stream about that? in. Yeah, you're streaming, right? Streaming in. I don't know. Sounds stream in. Zoom in. Zoom in. But it's not really Zoom. Yeah, it's a different platform that shall rename. Shall, that shall be secret. Just Dexnell? <laughs> Dex, I think your mic's muted. Yeah, I think your mic's muted. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I can't hear my for what, uh, on-air production meeting. I can't hear my own self in my headphones anymore. I don't know why. I can hear you guys and I can hear the listeners, but I can't hear my own self. Yeah, too weird. many current, too many Corona hard seltzers. Too many Corona hard seltzers. This heartbreaker over here. It's, you and Kurt, uh, <laughs> what it is. You and Captain Guad. Yeah. <laughs> Game winning drive. All right, who uh, else? Who else we got, Dex? Yeah, let's go to David. David, you're on a Vikings event line. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Um, I, I was going to say, so the Vikings have the makings of, a, of being a kick-ass offense and being able to go to the Super Bowl. I <laughs> wow. Mean, you, you've got, you know, really great pass um, blocking. You've got a quarterback who has a great internal clock. I mean, you, you have a great balance between run and pass. I mean, it's just it's all the makings, right? Um, I mean, the fact that they're, they're uh, lead the league with the fewest um, third down or three receiver sets makes no sense, right? They're dominant on that. They go for like the big home run ball instead of like, I would be completely content if they just did dinking and dunking down the field the entire time. It gives cousins, like if it's just quick passes, right? Instead, they like are methodic. They're like, okay, let's take as much time as possible. We've got the other team on their heels on some great play. So let's be really slow about them and like give them time to think and move to where they need to be. 
and they set up perfectly. I don't understand why they don't just quick move, 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 and try to go down the field. When they were um, when they were trying to quick uh, last week, and then even this week, trying to quick score, right? Let's throw it down the middle last week over and over. I'm like, go to the sidelines. Any game you watch, teams like try to preserve the clock and they go to the sidelines. Today, they wasted so much time in that one play, running, throwing the pass right in the middle. And I'm like, what are you doing? Go to the sidelines. Mm-hmm. All year long when I watch this team, it drives me crazy. But dude, but dude, no- David, but but David, here's the best part. So I'm, I'm I'm the same way as you. It's like we're you know the season's on the line. Let's throw dink and dunk passes to tight ends over the middle with no timeouts, and then when we're at the forty yard line, twelve seconds to go. Now let's throw a sideline pass for seven yards pointlessly instead of throwing two hail mary shots. It's like what are you guys doing? And, and if Cam Dantzler had been in there instead of BC Johnson, that might have been a touchdown. Like Johnson was so <laughs> flat footed, didn't even go up to try, try to get the ball. It was like, yeah. what are you doing? He was shocked. He's like, "What? That football's near me. What the hell's going on here?" I, <laughs> yeah, I'm no, BC, I'm he's BC like, Johnson. He's like, "I'm in the game. What?" He's like, "What? What are we doing?" Well, that's the thing. Like with Cousins, though, the fact that he has no internal clock. So why do you make him have like twelve step drops to try to have a play develop? Why not quick little like he has so many guys that are great yak guys. They like throw a little five yard. That's pass, what I'm saying. They, yes. they go and run for fifteen. Like just, it makes no sense to me. Justin. Jefferson at the beginning of every game should be just basically doing crossing routes and catching five yard passes that he would then turn into 15 to 20 yard gains consistently, but they don't do it. And, and that's, that's the way to get Kirk out of pressure. And I think Kirk, when, if it comes to a rhythm passing game, I think Kirk's fine where Kirk's not fine is when Kirk drops back to pass. And now he starts to pat the ball and sure as hell things break down. Right. I mean, he, he now has in the past five games, guys, he now has six fumbles, four lost. That's mm-hmm. an incredible amount, and that's because guys know to co- come in because what, what does Kirk do? Kirk takes the football, he pats it, he holds it down here, and then it gets hit, and he fumbles, and that's the problem. But they don't, like, they don't react and say, okay, this guy's got problems, so how do we fix that? They say, well, it should fix itself. Yeah, That's what I, I mean, understand. And like, here's another thing, too. So play action has been great. Kirk Cousins is great on play action. And, and you compare him and his passer rating on play action compared to when they don't run play action. He's a lot better on play action. But again, this is like, we have our game plan. This is what we do, and we will do it regardless of circumstances. And you get a front four like Chicago today. Like Chicago's getting after your offensive line today. And when you run play action, that means Kirk Cousins has his back to that front four for like a second and a half, and he turns around and they're in his face. Okay, so maybe there's a I don't know three weeks on the schedule where you might maybe have to deviate from your play action strategy and do something that's more beneficial for Kirk to survey the defense in the pass rush. Like, no, we run play action. That is our plan. Like, be creative and and adjust on the fly for God's sakes. Well, how about two? Like you pack it in, right? To run it up the middle on the third and one. Hey, here's a crazy idea. Cook is kind of fast hitting the outside. Why not yes. kick it to the outside once in a while? Yes. And like instead of like trying to like, oh let's bowl them over. No, you're not good at that. You're not consistent enough, I shouldn't say. They're, they can be good at that, but it's a lot of cook. So once in a while, use his speed to kick him outside. Yep. Yeah. And Akeem Hicks, if you run at him, I don't care if it's you, me, Phil, Declan, or or um, Cook, you're going to get stopped. Like, he's just going to stand there and stop you. And, and what's weird is when they did go outside with the run game today, 
it actually seemed to work. Yeah. But they hey. didn't do it. Like, like fourth and one, what are you doing? That first fourth and one, you're really going to run that sucker up the A-gap? On those guys, like that's the, that's the one place I wouldn't go. I mean, it, I it, outside. it's the Vikings defense from 12 years ago where it's like yes. we would laugh at teams that would try to run up the middle on third and one and fourth and one. Like, really? Like, you could literally do it. You could throw the ball. And well, I mean, yeah. Medea Williams isn't going to do anything. You're going to run into Pat and Kevin. OK, fine. Cool. Well, we, we, don't have a, we don't have a sample from earlier in the season, though. To, to, you know, they only they've only played once this season. Right. We don't we don't know that they wouldn't be successful running <laughs> up the middle at all. It, it wasn't until Hicks left the game that they were actually able to run up the middle of the Correct. game. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. David, great stuff, dude. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, um, Vikings vent line here. Very sarcastic. <laughs> Very sarcastic, but good. Hey, real quick. Tom uh, Tom points out in the YouTube comments, Kirk doesn't like the shotgun. Heard him say that on a podcast. Yeah. I've heard that, too. Yep. And it kind of reminds me of. Well, Adrian Peterson, I don't like running behind a fullback. And it's like, okay, if there's only like one thing that you like doing, then we're going to have a problem mm-hmm. because there has to be ways to adjust. And I guess I also don't really understand if that's true, if Kirk if Kirk hasn't changed his tune on that, if he doesn't really like running offense out of shotgun, well, then that's a huge long-term problem yeah. because well, you've got all problem. these weapons in the passing game. And sometimes it makes more sense when the offensive line isn't that great at pass protection to give you an extra couple seconds in shotgun. And it, well, I don't like that. Well, then that's something you should fix in the off season. I don't know. Right. Get comfortable go- with it. That goes back to flip though. Cause I, I think flip in, in the part of the year that he w- was OC, I think he had Kirk in shotgun constantly. And Kirk was like, I don't like this. Um, but yeah, it, but it's just, look, when you have a guy like Jefferson, this becomes a question of how do you best take him and feature him, right? Yeah. Like this isn't, we're, we're not endeavoring into rocket science here. We're not asking you to do, oh my God, you're taking these receivers who aren't that good and forced, forcing them. You're basically saying, Okay, he's used a lot already, but is he used as efficiently as possible? And the answer often is no. Yeah. So how do you do, do that? And how? And just as importantly, now I guess for 2021, how do you also find a way to break down defenses and get off to good starts? Like th- this whole thing of it's the third quarter and we're trailing again. That's too bad, guys, right? Uh, no, that doesn't yeah. work. That yeah. doesn't work. People are being – I just – I really think that this team needs to have Zimmer and Spielman and the coaching staff sit down and sort of deconstruct what, what their thought process is and say, look, we're not saying that everything has to change, but if you're telling me that the starting point of this conversation is you don't trust the quarterback, we got to, like, work through that. We just can't be, be like, well, let's cover up his problems. We have to find a way to answer that question, to to get to a point where where – even if there's sort of a distrust, you're running an offense that looks like it at least is modern at yeah. times, at times. Yeah, amazing. Um, let's keep going here, Dex. Who do we got next? Who? Yeah. And, and some people have suggested some other ways to describe instead of who's the next caller uh, or, or who's calling in. How about we've got Chris who's going to chime in on Vikings Vent Line here on YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. I normally I'd watch a game like this last year. I'd sit back. I'd maybe cry a few hours later. But this year I've been looking at the bigger picture. And I think Judd Mackey, the big goal of winning a Super Bowl. 
And this is what's happening. We're seeing these players develop right before our eyes with no preseason. We have all this young secondary trying to play in a Mike Zimmer defense, which we all know is very complex. So they're not going to get it at the start of the season. What I'm looking at is next year as the litmus test for the standard. We hold this Vikings team too. Kirk Cousins looks great this year. Look what he's given and work with. Working in all these receivers, not going to feeling solely like he was in the beginning of the season. And let me tell you this, Tennessee, I had my Randy Moss statue sitting next to my TV ready. I just had a feeling this was the game. All my Buffalo fans were just like, oh, I – digs for the first round pick digs for the first round pick all day i was like okay i was like all right no 10 million 11 million dollar salary 17 in the future we'll we'll see now we got the next great thing and everyone's watching it right before their eyes no one gives him the media love he gets mentions here and there next year is our season think about it we're gonna get pierce back we're gonna get hunter back that's gonna shore up that defensive line and stop the run tremendously anthony barr with kendrick's out we're seeing eric wilson fill in tremendously but we're also getting a lot of players off the street to fill in so of course mike zimmer is going to get these players that he's just picking up you can't expect them to know the scheme that well so you give them basic general things to do which of course offenses are gonna catch on to they know where the weak spots are and so we just can't get too discouraged by what we're seeing I think next year is going to be incredible Dantzler and Gladney are both true not CB1s I think we're going to have a lot more wins than than this year I we just got to hold the brakes and think about the big picture you know I think so Chris I think there's definitely going to be a huge step forward next year if you just ran it all back. And I think you have to decide as a franchise, is that huge step forward just another glass ceiling or do you have to make a couple actual major changes? But to your, to the optimism you're bringing, there's a lot of great points. I mean, they have, you know, I just think about the steps that Gladney and Dantzler have made this season and how much better they're probably going to be. I think they've nailed two starting cornerbacks. So don't know. Yeah. Don't draft another one. <laughs> like, yeah. go get an offensive lineman or something. For sure. Um, and but I there's, think, a, there's a lot of things that should get better next season. Yeah, and I think, you know, the discussion around Cousins, and I, I you know, I go back and forth with, with it myself, and, you know, he he's progressing. And I think what we need to understand is he's had different offensive coordinators throughout his entire career. Um, and, you know, Washington wasn't really the surest situation to really excel. And he was a new quarterback in, their, in, in those earlier years. Now we're seeing him in the Kubiak offense for the second year. You can just we all know we talk about how his strengths is once he knows the playbook and he has a script to go by and a couple backup plans or audits to make. He is great. And so I think if you give him another year in the offense and a true offseason with his new star in Justin Jefferson, I think it's just going to be even more of uh, a production from him. Um, his targets, if you think about it, we talk about Diggs being this incredible player that he is, and he, rightfully so, but the receptions to the production, Jefferson's right up there with half the amount of receptions. You know, I like the production out of less receptions, and Kirk is still spreading the ball around to the, the BBs of the world, the Conklins, and I really think next year is going to be a huge year for Irv Smith Jr. I can really see him breaking out. I think Rudolph may or may not stick around, but man, this team is young, and I think next year, if we're gonna, is when I'm going to pass my true judgment. I need to see next year 
full off season with a newly developed core in their second season. Mm-hmm. Chris, great stuff. Thanks for bringing the positivity, and we'll uh, we'll talk again on Vikings Vent Line, man. Thanks That's for coming fair. on. Appreciate it. Let's keep rocking here. Got a couple more guys in the uh, the waiting room decks. Who's next to chime in on yeah, Vikings go, Vent Line? Let's go to Ryan. Ryan, you're on Vikings Vent Line. What's going on, guys? What's, What's up, up, Ryan? It's really frustrating, you know. Like, I, I, I'm just like 19. Deep breath. Like, like my dad. Oh no! So you were. So you were born. You were born. You were a 41 oh. donut baby. You were a a a, a, frust, a frustration 41 donut baby. Ryan, so your Ryan. first your first heartbreak is probably the Favre game. You're yeah, that's you're 19. Good. That's like my my first season. No, no, no. Take a deep breath. It's going to be fine. You have an entire lifetime of disappointment in front of, of you, just <laughs> rolling out season by season. It's going to be fine. You've just got to ex- accept it as it comes. That's the thing. The key is, I can t- tell you this, at the age of 51, Vikings acceptance is the most important thing that you can have. Acceptance, yeah. okay? So I, it's fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah, no, it's like – the annoying part is like, oh, you know, like Dancer, you know, and, and Glenn. Yeah, like they'll be great players, but it's like, you know, Rose was a great player. Now it, it didn't matter. Like, what's like, they, didn't, they have these great players and like Moss and stuff, but they don't actually like, bring championships. So you can have these, like, you know, great guys on, on the team. It's like, you, you know, what do you have to show for, you know? It's like, like the old lines, like, like the zone scheme. That's not the right old line for that kind of quarterback in Cousins doesn't run and it's like the wrong coach also if it's like time period they have like the wrong pieces and it's just uh yeah dude i hey i don't have to tell you yeah perhaps we'll change uh, someday i'll probably no. be dead but you won't be that's good <laughs> i mean leroy 100 chimes in on youtube 60 more years of disappointments ahead for you ryan that's so a pretty good run pace that's a good run ryan <laughs> if you get that you should I'm be very bad. happy yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Ryan, thanks for coming on, man. Hope you have a Merry Christmas this week. You join us, join right. us again at some point where, where we can see. I, I feel like we're, we're, we're um, having more and more people chime in now, Phil, who like need long-term Vikings therapy from us. <laughs> like, the, like we can't fix them today. If this we did a, like – It's not we, a fixable. It's going to take – this a lot of appointments – I think, you know, we're always looking for new business models here as, as radio evolves into multi-platform and we're trying to keep our industry alive. I think if we started a Vikings therapy consultation company on the side and we charged, you know, per hour just to sit down, we'll have like one, one-on-one discussions, you know, during pandemic time, it can be a Zoom session, but then we can, we can have an office and you can sit on the couch. You can take notes. Yeah. Well, this is very bad. You know, I don't know what oh, we would no. charge charge per hour for that, but we'll definitely take suggestions. By the way, some people chiming in on the Purple Daily YouTube comment section. Jalen Hurts today against Kyler Murray. A couple of, couple of mobile quarterbacks who can rise above their mediocre offensive lines. So this game is 26 to 20 as we approach halftime. Jalen Hurts, 177 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Three carries for 21 yards. <laughs> Look at Declan. Kyler Murray. It's your, it's your guy, Dex. You should be happy. Ky- Kyler I Murray, have. 14 for 17 for 223 yards and two touchdowns. He also has 14 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown in guy. this game. Um, you know, these well, mobile quarterbacks never win anything. Listen, the 
that might have been true for the first 55 years of Super Bowls or of, uh, I guess, first 45 years maybe of Super Bowls. The game has changed. You look at some of these guys that are coming in the NFL and the way that offenses are being schemed. And this is not a knock on Cousins other than that he's just kind of a statue. Um, although he has used his legs more this season. But, like, if you don't have a guy that can scoot away from your crappy left guard allowing, you know, yeah. a defensive pressure, like, yeah. here's the reality. You could do two things. You can sit and bitch about offensive lines the rest of your football viewing life. Like we do as Vikings. Like, we sit here and it's like, oh, my God, Dakota Dozier is terrible. What was Garrett Bradbury doing on that play? And, like, yeah, like, they should go draft five new offensive linemen and sign another one in free agency. And, like, that's one conversation. Another conversation that the Eagles are having is two weeks ago, boy, our offensive line sucks, and so does our quarterback. What should we do? Well, first step, let's get a quarterback that runs away from the crappy offensive line pressure and keeps plays alive. Like, that's where the NFL is going right now, and the Vikings yeah. don't have that either. They And, um, and Durant. <laughs> they, well, yeah, but if, if they did, I, I don't know that they would – in a current construction, turn that guy loose to do what we want. That's the problem. That's my problem. Like, I don't know that, that you would say, you know what? This guy can do. Look at all the things that this guy can do. Because what does it come down to? What's this team? What's the basis of how this team approaches every game? I think the basic, like, offense, defense, special teams. Now, they fail, but their their basic mission statement at the beginning of every game is don't screw up. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't make mistakes. Well, okay, that's a fine thing to say, but in the actual execution of life, it doesn't work that way. Like you've got to be willing to. This is football. You so so if you are not so if your quarterbacks if in his mind it's been ingrained, do not throw in interceptions, do not screw up. Well, then he's not going to take chances. And if he mm-hmm. doesn't take chances, what are you not going to do? You're not going to make plays. I mean, what does running the ball fundamentally? What does it come down to? It l- appears to be as safe as you could possibly be. Everything that they do, the way that they move. The way, um, the way that they operate, everything I think comes down to a mission statement of do not make mistakes that are going to cost yourself the game. Well, that's a very, very fine line, Phil. And I think the Vikings try and walk that line. But by doing it, they actually, I think, screw themselves because you have so many teams now that basically say, we don't want to make mistakes, but we're willing to do it in order to try to win. That's mm-hmm. the league now. And the Vikings are like, well, no, no, no. That's not how we work. That's not how who Bill Parcells didn't work that way. Okay, that's fine. Bill Parcells won as the caller or the guy that joined us said earlier in 1986. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know what more I can say other than the fact that I think the head coach is paranoid about guys making mistakes on every side of the football. And I also think that when that is what you try to do going into Every game, when you try to not make mistakes, you're predisposed to actually making mistakes. 100%. 100%. Dex, who's next? Let's go to uh, Brista. Is that what it is? Brista. Brista. We'll, we'll take it. Got it. So I think our um, things people don't mention is how durable Kirk Cousins is. I mean, when's the last time you missed a game that you guys can remember? I think this is now, this is now the second person who has pointed that out, and you are right. He is durable. He does not miss games. And that's more than most quarterbacks can say. So that is true. And also, we think about it, maybe the first half of the season, they were so concerned with if Kirk gets hurt, who do we have? Because they don't really have anybody. So they didn't really want to 
let him be mobile as he can be. And then as they realize our season's kind of done, we have no other choice. Let's see what Kirk can do with his legs because the half, the next half of the season, he's been way more mobile than usual. And I feel like maybe Kubiak started to tell Zimmer that we could run the ball, but also let Kirk run some more. And I think it's starting to show. But with the mobile quarterback, injuries happen a lot. So when we can draft someone in, you know, the draft, of course, but what happened? Like, look at Wentz. He had an MVP season and he got hurt. Because he was too mobile, and a lot of the Wentz, the Wentz thing's interesting. I had a few people ask on Twitter today during the game, like, would you if you if you were given the opportunity, would you swap Kirk for Wentz? Well, okay, so let me get this straight. So they're both expensive, and one guy's broken right now. Zero chance I would ever make that swap. Now, if you're telling me that I could take a flyer on Wentz for like five million dollars and then use the rest of that money to beef up the rest of my roster, I might consider that, but. Uh, but like, let's yeah, Carson Wentz is is expensive and broken right now. So for any Vikings fans who are like, what about him? Eh, he still costs like thirty million dollars. So no. And a, a lot of people on the chat keep saying the QB from Notre Dame. I keep seeing that pop up constantly as I'm reading it. I think um, it's one. I think it's one guy that keeps putting that in the yeah, chat. Copying the pace, just like the Vikings run offense. Yeah, in, and by the way, as a diehard Notre Dame football fan, do not draft a Notre Dame quarterback. Just, don't, just avoid. What do you mean? He could be the next Montana, Phil. What are you talking yeah, about? Be the next Brady Quinn, the next uh, Jimmy Clausen. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> or who's the other guy? Uh, the guy who was with the Packers for a minute, backup quarterback. Just Sean Kaiser? It. Deshaun Kaiser, yeah. Oh, it always hurt, it seemed like. Yeah. <laughs> hurt and terrible, yeah. For like the game plan today also – even though the defense knows what we're going to do, run the ball, we threw it on like fourth and one, and that was a terrible play. And yes, the mobile quarterback probably could have ran for the first down, but there's also times where Kirk could have ran for a first down, but he didn't. So I don't really know what the problem is. It just throws like the team is frustrated with, it can to me just be the coaching. Uh, they're, you know, smash mouth football, but we can't actually do it when we say it. And then everyone's to blame. And then, there's uh you mentioned it before on your show, the blow up that they're saying that Jefferson had, but it sounded like he said throw a flag, not throw the ball. But like the mentality with how they're perceived seems to always sort of drive this team to the ground. And you know, Trubisky isn't a terrible quarterback. He's mobile, but I still take Kirk Cousins over Trubisky, no problem. Mm-hmm. So I don't really think it's necessarily Kirk's fault. But I do believe not having Kendricks definitely hurts with uh, he's probably the spy on Trubisky, and he wasn't there today. You have rookie cornerbacks, and I believe the preseason or you know offseason kind of builds confidence with the A and B team, knowing how good you're going to be, and they go into their first game not knowing, you know, mentally how good they really are. So they sort of get down on themselves and they lose, get in a pit. People are saying your quarterback's bad, your coach is bad. I mean, it has to rub off on you. It's, you can't just ignore it. Yeah. yeah. Bryce, so, hey, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, man. Good points. And I think, I like, one more thought here on the mobile quarterback front. Um, and a couple YouTube commenters have pointed this out, too. It's not just about mobility. Like, you need a guy who can throw the ball, too. So every time we say mobile, it's not, it's not that we're ignoring the idea of being accurate. Like, Kirk Cousins is really accurate. But I would rather trade, like, 10 to 15% of Kirk's accuracy for the ability to overcome a bad offensive line. And, and, and that has become sort of the norm lately in the NFL. Like it wasn't, you know, well, Eli Manning won a Super Bowl and all these other non-mobile quarterbacks 
none of that matters. Look at today's NFL. Look at Josh Allen. Look at Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. I mean, hell, even Justin Herbert, like some of these guys that, you know, don't rack up all kinds of rushing yards are scooting away from pressure. Baker Mayfield's not going to run for 100 yards, but he's going to scoot away from pressure. He can feel pressure. He can feel pressure, too, which Kirk can't. Mm -hmm. Um, Back to the defensive portion of the last uh, comment as well. Let's be very clear. The interior of the Vikings defensive line is atrocious. Like they are playing backups and those guys cannot stop the run Um, like that. That to me, again, as we reflect on what went wrong in 2020, when Michael Pierce opted out, that was an enormous loss. I don't know how good he was going to be, but I will say that the plan was never to play the guys who are playing now consistently. Mm -hmm. And, and as far as trying to stop the run and create interior pressure, which keep in mind, Right now in this league is a big deal. Like a lot of teams get that. The Vikings don't get that. The pressure from the entire line is not good. Um, So if you want to use that as an an excuse or just a talking point to me, it's incredibly fair. Mm -hmm. That interior of the line cannot stop the run and they don't pressure QBs. And I guess my question is, what do they do? Because I'm not quite sure. I just know that the opt-out appears it it impacted this defense in a huge way from the first day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fair. Yeah, no, it is. The defense should be, this is why I like, I don't spend as much time thinking about the defense as like, if, if they had their full allotment of starters and they were giving up 30 odd points to Mitch Jubisky. Okay. We'd have a conversation, but you know, it is what it is. Like they're, they're starting backups all up and down the defense. And so of course they're going to give up points. And that's why we're more focused on, things they can control like late game management and play calling and what they have at quarterback and all these, the way that they use their weapons. um, Those are things that they can control. So Mm -hmm. anyhow, this has been one of the two or three longest Vikings vent lines of the season so far. Therapy session. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of help for us to give. We'll we'll give more tomorrow. There's a lot of help for people. I feel bad. Like, I mean, that kid is 19. He has an entire, he has years of disappointment, heartbreak. Just, just starting his journey. Playoff defeats, championship game, drop passes, bad throws, missed field goals. <laughs> it's all on the horizon. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm on the oh, back end. I'm 51. I'm, I'll be done soon. <laughs> this kid's got all this left. Judd's like, I'm going to die soon. I don't even yeah. know. Okay, well, I'm 51. I don't know how much longer I got left this poor kid. I mean, he's just starting. To, did you see how down he was? He's like, that's frustrating. Do we hear one guy calling from a Christmas party in his basement just in the dark? Yeah. God. From his cottage in Canada. That was the greatest. <laughs> I'm at the cottage in Canada. Man. So, well, that's uh, going to be a wrap for this episode of Vikings Ventline. And if you're new to the show, you can find us, Mackie and Judd and Declan. We have two different podcasts that you can find on Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and also YouTube. We've got uh, Purple Daily, which you're watching right now. Vikings Ventline is our post-game edition, and you can find that on all those platforms. Plus, we have a second YouTube channel for all of our Mackie and Judd stuff, some Viking stuff, a lot of Timberwolves discussions, and that's just youtube.com slash scorenorthmn. And on our podcast feeds, if you could, it helps us out a lot. If you give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple, it helps spread the word about the shows. And um, we'll do it again. You guys are going to jump on for a little while for Christmas Day. 
Friday, yes. We also have some great classic episodes of Mackie and Judd to sprinkle in during the holiday period here, too. So you'll want to check those out. And again, for anyone new who's discovered us either this week or this season, we appreciate you. And we will continue to give you daily content in your podcast and YouTube feeds. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, be your therapist. <laughs> That's right. Santa Claus coming to town, baby. Judd Claus. Judd Claus. Coming down your chimney from- with some IPAs. It's all gray. It's all yeah. gray now. You know, I had no gray at the beginning of this season. Now look at me. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's all the Vikings' fault, too. It's ridiculous. And then there's Declan. Who's been trying to grow a beard for six years? Yeah, don't. <laughs> 28 years. Yeah. That's okay, Dex. Don't worry about it. All right. Thanks for everyone yeah. chiming in. Also in the comment sections on YouTube and Facebook. We appreciate and uh and like reading your comments. So we'll see you guys next time. Purple Daily, Vikings Bent Line.